highest of heights to the depths of the sea. But the Spirit of God in you. Does everybody understand that? He, he comes alongside of you. That's where we get the word with you as para. He comes alongside. And then at the moment you give your heart to Christ, he comes into you. It's very important to understand this. And then later we're going to also look that he's going to come upon you. And those are the three experiences, the three relationships we have with the Holy Spirit. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. For those 11 disciples, the Holy Spirit was already with them and would later be in them. This was fulfilled when Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit when they were regenerated and born again in John chapter 20, verse 22. In addition to with and in, Jesus used the third preposition to describe the relationship of the disciple to the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, written in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is what we receive when we believe in Jesus Christ and all he has done for us. Now here's Pastor Rob. Not until the Spirit of God comes alongside of them and alongside of us that we can then receive him, we can see him, and we can know him, for he dwells with you. The Greek word is para. It means coming alongside That's what the helper does. That's what the comforter does. The parakletos in the Greek, that's what it means. He comes alongside of us. That is why Jesus said in that verse, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. With you. This is when the Spirit of God woos us. Guys, do you remember when you wooed your wife, when you were getting her to like you? You tried everything you could to get her to like you because she really couldn't stand you beforehand. But then you're, you're doing all these things to try and, you know, make yourself look good. You know, I remember when Kathy and I first were courting, she didn't like mustaches, and I had a mustache. Is it okay for me to say this? I'm going to say it anyway, I guess, right? But she hated mustaches, and I wanted to look older, you know. So I had this mustache, and I'm like, you know, 20-something. And so as soon as she told me as a friend that, oh, I just can't stand mustaches, I literally got a ticket on the way home that night. I'm not kidding. I got a ticket because I went home, and the first thing I did is I shaved that mustache off. I shaved it off. And I was trying to woo her. I was trying to do everything I could in my power, especially because of all my deficiencies, trying to get her to see and try to win and you know, get her to love me. I'm really not that bad, even though I got a tail and pointy ears. You know, pull off the tail and pull off the ears. So did everything I could. And see, that's what the Spirit of God does. He woos us. He comes alongside of us. You remember those moments when somebody was preaching to you or sharing the Word of God with you? And you were considering it for a moment. You had a moment of clarity where you're really starting to think about it. That's when the Spirit of God is coming alongside of you. He is with you. He's not in you yet because you haven't made the profession of faith. But when you do, oh, how wonderful it is. 
What does it tell us? I love this in Proverbs. He says, uh, Solomon said, There are three things which are too wonderful for, for me. Yes, four, which I do not know. The way of an eagle in the air. The way of a serpent upon a rock. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea. And the way of a man with a maid. These things are mysteries. This courting phase of a man and a woman, it is so beautiful and it's so mysterious, isn't it? It's the moment when both hearts are the most fragile and they're right about at, they're at the Rubicon of finally opening up their hearts like they've never done before. Isn't that amazing? That is a really serious thing. When you fall in love for the first time and you finally open up your heart and you're saying, you know what, you have the, most, you have the greatest opportunity to wound me the greatest and yet love me the most. And I am choosing to let you in. Take care of it. But that kind of love is powerful, and it transcends races, it transcends social statuses, it transcends many things. But the Spirit of God is wooing us is similar to how a man courts a woman. He shows great interest, tells you how beautiful you are to him, whispers sweet and maybe precious promises to you. He wants to spend as much time as as possible with you, wants to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with you after the wedding ring, of course, and after the, uh, after the, the, the marriage, of course. But why does he do this? Why is he wooing you? Because he loves you. He loves you. Which leads us to the very second thing that Jesus said here in verse 17. Notice, and he will be in you. The Greek word is E-N-N. It means in, just like what you would think it is, what it means. And this is actually when the Spirit of God indwells you. He comes alongside of you, wooing you, getting you to have interest, showing you things, and you're like, wow, that's really awesome. And then finally you get to the point where, you know, I believe, I believe. And then the Spirit of God comes into you. Those are two different things that the Spirit of God does, at least two. There's a third one we'll talk about. But the presence of the Holy Spirit within is what makes you a Christian, and that's the only thing that makes you a Christian. In Romans chapter 8, it says this, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. It's the same Greek word, en. It means in. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, listen to this, very important. Let me repeat it. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ in you, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, because the Spirit of life is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. In you. He comes alongside of you, and then he comes into you, and then you are a child of God. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. I'd encourage you to read it. We don't have time. You know, time is really my enemy. I look at the clock, and I'm just like... (laughs) I don't know about you, but this is exciting. Isn't it exciting? Let's back. Let me read John, thir- John chapter 3, at least the first eight verses, and then we'll probably have to stop and take communion. It's amazing. But the Spirit of God in you. 
Does everybody understand that? He, he comes alongside of you. That's where we get the word with you as para. He comes alongside. And then at the moment you give your heart to Christ, he comes into you. It's very important to understand this. And then later we're going to also look that he's going to come upon you. And those are the three experiences, the three relationships we have with the Holy Spirit that are in the Scripture. But when he comes into you, remember as John was speaking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus was a very religious man. He believed in God. He believed in God. But his understanding was off. And Nicodemus is in heaven. I believe he is. Because he believed in who Jesus said he was. All the scriptures of the Old Testament were leading up to the very summation of all those scriptures. It was bodily and right before him in Jesus Christ. The word of God made flesh and dwelt among us. There he is standing right in front of Nicodemus, a very religious man. But he didn't have the spirit of God in him. And he tried to talk to Nicodemus about this. He says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. We've already looked at this. He came to him by night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can't see it, he can't perceive it. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And his mother's going, No, thank you very much. But he's speaking of a spiritual birth, born from above. That's literally what born again means. And when you're born again, that's when the Spirit comes into you, when the Spirit of God indwells you. Then you are a Christian bound for heaven. And when God does that, he doesn't take it back. He doesn't place his Spirit within you at the moment you um, receive him and then take it away when you mess up. It's a new relationship in the New Testament. The Old Testament saints didn't have that. The Spirit of God came upon them at different times, but then left as well. The Bible shows us that. But when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, the very night of his resurrection, he breathed on his disciples. We'll look at more of this next week. He breathed upon them and he said, Receive the Holy Ghost and they receive the Spirit of God into them. And Jesus also told them that night, wait for the promise of the Father. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, a whole separate thing. But he he comes inside of them. He dwells inside of them. So there's a lot to talk about because there's a lot more to this. And I've really spent a, um, a lot of time really praying and thinking about this because there are questions that I had, and maybe there's questions that you have that we'll address next week again. But be encouraged, folks. For some of you today, for some of you who are in earshot or in eyesight of this message, the Spirit of God is drawing alongside of you. You're you're, you're tasting right now to see if the Lord is good. And he is good, by the way. Taste a little more and you'll find that he's really good. But he wants to, he's drawing alongside of you, but he wants you to swallow the hook now. 
with the bait. There's nothing worse than going fishing. Having been down in Florida, you know, you can throw your shrimp out or your mullet head or whatever it is that you got your fishing with. And whatever it is you're fishing with grabs a hold of it and then it lets it out. And for the fishermen, that's not exciting. You want to swallow it and bring it up and have ownership, right? And that's what God wants for each of us. He's drawn alongside of some of you. He's still drawing alongside of you, but you haven't made that that decision. You haven't made the decision yet. But you know what? God loves you right where you're at. He's not upset with you. He loves you. Why don't you take that extra step and say, Lord, I'm tired of just having you walk alongside of me. And at different times in my life, I've seen you interacting with me through other people, and I've just kind of held you at arm's length. Well, maybe today, let today be the time that you say, I'm done with that. And say, Lord, consume this vessel. You don't have to be afraid. I've done that. And I want him to continue to do it. I want him to continue to search me. I want him to continue to have everything that he wants out of my life. Do you want that as well? I believe you do. Because why else would you be here? Seriously, why would you come to church if it's just to make you feel good? Or maybe it makes you feel bad. I mean, Maybe you come to church and you hear about what a scoundrel I am. Meaning all of us. You included. If that's all it was, I mean, the church would be empty. That's like, that's like sheep abuse. You're just a bunch of rotten scoundrels. You know, I mean, who's going to come to a church like that? But if somebody says, well, yes, you are a rotten scoundrel, but God loves you and there's a path for you and it's through Christ. He wants to give you his spirit. He wants to totally change your life and you're heaven bound now. Now just enjoy the walk. Isn't that better? But I have to talk about the other stuff first. I have to be, come to a, an understanding that I am a rotten, filthy creature. I have to know that first before I can receive the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God. And hopefully all of you have done that today. Hopefully all of you have done that. But if you haven't, I want to invite you today to make that decision for Christ. Make the decision And even after this service, I would encourage you, if you are on the fence and you're just kind of thinking that, well, I think I'm a Christian, but I really don't, I don't know, I don't have the assurance, whatever it is, come up and let's pray with you. Pray with somebody. I'm more than happy to the elders and the pastors. If we see people coming up, we'll come up with you and we'll pray with you. But don't leave this place, folks. The time is too short. Time is too precious. And things are happening at such a rapid rate. Can't you see that we are approaching the end? We are approaching the end that Jesus spoke of. It's coming. It's been like a freight train in the last two years. Has anybody seen it? I have. It's brought me to my knees in tears. I'm excited at one point, but I'm also very um, totally blown away at how quickly things have been happening. And folks, if they continue like this, if they continue... How can we resist it any longer? How can we resist Christ any longer? You'd be a fool to resist him. Don't resist him. Don't quench him. Come to him in faith and say, God, 
Come into this rotten heart of mine and fill me and consume me and forgive me, Lord, for all of my sins that I've ever committed, even the ones I don't even remember, even the things that I have yet to do, Lord. Cover it all in your blood, and he will be faithful to do so. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing. Are you willing? And maybe, maybe you're already a bought and sold out Christian. Praise the Lord for that. Keep that fire. Keep it going. Keep that fire. Keep that pilot light nice and hot every single day. Let, it, let the Lord turn up the fire. Let the fire be turned up, folks. The world out there, your family, your friends, your coworkers, they need to see us believing what we're reading, believing what we're saying. Because if we don't, they have no reason to come to Christ. Then it's just another club. It's just another social club. You know, church to most people is just a social gathering. They enjoy coming. You know, there are people like that. And I'm glad they're here. Don't get me wrong. But there are people who like to just come to church for the coffee. I don't know if it's really that good, but, but maybe it is. They come for the coffee. They come for the desserts. They come for the meal to fellowship and hang out and talk about sports. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with talking about sports and all that other stuff, but listen, if that's all you're coming for, you're missing out on most everything. You have to get over that and come to Christ and let him take care of all of you. Take all of your heart. Will you let him take all of you today? At the end of the service today, If you have not given your heart to Christ, would you please come up? The Spirit of God is pleading with you. And this may be the only opportunity that you get. It may be, because some people, we don't have any confidence or any assurance that this day may be our last. And are you playing Russian roulette with your faith? And thinking that, yes, I'm a Christian because I I give a lot to the church. I do this, I do that. But there's no Spirit of God in you. If there's any doubt, why not come forward and let's pray? And if you're sincere, God's going to take up residence. I can tell you that right now. You don't have to beg him. All you got to do is ask him and be honest and faithful. And he will do all the rest. And then the sanctification just takes time. And it's a lifetime thing, isn't it? He's going to continue to conform me to his image, slowly transforming me, removing the world from me, and then putting me into a different world that he dwells. I need that. You need that. So when we are done, we're going to pray. We're going to take communion this morning. But after communion, after we sing a last song, would you please, if you haven't made that decision, Come up, and we'll be glad to pray with you. Don't wait any longer. You don't have tomorrow. You you don't have the assurance of tomorrow. You have the assurance of this moment. Don't put it off any longer, I beg you. I think of how volatile my life was. When I was 24 years of age, I had already been through so much. I should have been dead. I'm not kidding. And most of you can say the same thing. Before I was 24 and gave my heart to Christ, there were so many instances in my life. My life should have been snuffed out. And had it been, I would have gone straight to hell. I would have gone straight to hell. Mystery of mysteries at 24, God comes into my life and lights me up. And I am so thankful. Because right now, I'm going to heaven. Are you going to heaven? 
Are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? If you believe in Christ and the Spirit of God is in you, guess what? You're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. If we could have the worship team come on up and we're going to uh, pray. We'll take communion together. While we're uh, worshiping, come up and grab the elements. Take them back to your seat. We'll take them together, okay? Father, we just thank you for this time together and pray that Jesus, that you would be glorified in this place. And Father, we pray for every heart here. Lord, that you would soften it. Lord, there's a song we used to sing, Soften My Heart With Oil. Lord, your Holy Spirit is that oil. Would you soften our hearts with oil again and help us to be honest with you again, maybe even for the first time? And Lord, we thank you for the bread and the cup and all that it represents, and we look forward to taking it with you shortly. So we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. When Jesus was in this upper room with his disciples before he would be taken wrongfully and accused wrongfully and finally paying the price, before it had even happened, Jesus, at the end of the Passover meal, he took the bread and the cup. And he, opened, he took the bread and he broke it and he passed it around to his disciples. He says, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And so let's go ahead and do that. Let's take the token. And when he had done that, he also took the cup and he passed it around. And he says, this is the blood of the new covenant which I will shed for you. Do this often in remembrance of me. And aren't you blessed today that the blood of Jesus Christ hopefully has washed every single one of us in this room and that we can have the assurance of salvation. Why? Because we're good people? No, because of what he has done, what God has done. He deserves the praise and the adoration and the thanksgiving. And so, Lord, we take this cup in remembrance of the blood that was shed on our behalf, securing us to heaven. In Jesus' name, let's partake. Praise the Lord. What a joy. If you could do us a favor, as you leave the sanctuary today, there are uh, garbage cans next to the doors. If you could please put these nice little hermetically sealed things into that trash can, that would be really helpful. Why don't we stand together, Lo, and let's pray, and then um, let's finish with one song. Yeah? So, Father, we just thank you for this time together. Please, Lord, uh, just uh, bless us, Lord, and help us to come to you, Lord. For anyone in this room, we pray that after this song, God, that they would come forward and they'd receive you into them and that they would be one of yours forever, Lord. Thank you for indwelling all, for all of us who have and we know, God. Just thank you for that provision. Without you, we'd be, we'd be miserable, Father. And thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.